welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, today we have a very special guest on the podcast. Monica Kelsey is a prime example of someone who has taken the passion that God has given her and turned it into an international life-saving ministry. Monica, welcome to the Love Times 2 podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Well, it's just a real honor for you to be on. I've watched how God has just used your ministry and your leadership in such a life-saving way, and it's just been a real blessing uh, to see how that has all unfolded. And you're doing tremendous things with Safe Haven Baby Boxes, and I'm sure many of our listeners have never even heard about Safe Haven Baby Boxes, but it's having such a big life-saving impact. And I have a lot of questions to ask about that, but before we dive into Safe Haven Baby Boxes, uh, what they are, how they make a difference, and so forth. Let's start, Monica, with your life story. What is your story, and how has God used it for His glory? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm a firefighter and a medic by trade in Indiana, and um, uh, so I've always known about the Safe Haven Law, um, and I always knew that I was adopted growing up, but I had no idea of, you know, what was in store for me when I met my biological mother, because one when uh, um, when I was growing up, my parents were told that my birth parents were young and love and couldn't care for me, so they placed me for adoption. And I uh, found my birth mom when I was 37 years old, and that was the best and the worst day of my life because that is when I discovered that not only was uh, I conceived through a brutal act of violence, but then she also abandoned me uh, two hours after I was born. And so, you know, knowing that, I I had to kind of find my worth. Um, learning those circumstances definitely isn't something that gives you a, you know, a, a fuzzy feeling. It it literally made me have to reach deep into my faith and and find my purpose. And through that pain that I was feeling, I was able to find purpose through the ministry that I started. Wow. Well. Tell us how Safe Haven Baby Boxes, uh, let's start with just how did, how did this even come into your mind? I mean, what, what, what was the genesis of this entire um, ministry that, that you launched? You know, that's the, that's the crazy thing, Mike. So I, this was not on my radar at all. And so I happened to be asked to go to South Africa with Pam Stenzel, who is a uh, pro-life speaker. And she was uh, going over there and sharing her ministry uh, to hundreds and thousands of people. And she said, would you like to come? I can help you with um, your speaking. Because I had never spoken publicly um, prior to meeting my biological mother. And so I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll go. And so we spoke 14 times in 16 days. And she really kind of curved my uh, speech and the last two speaking events that we had, it was a speaking event number 13 and 14, happened to be at a church in Cape Town, South Africa that had a baby safe. And I was so intrigued by this. I was like, what is this and what is it used for? And they said, well, women come here at night when they don't want people to know um, that they've given birth or that they want to, um, you know, save the life of their child, but they don't want to, you know, throw the child in a dumpster or a trash can, but they, they want anonymity. And I was like, does this really work? Like, do women really put their babies in boxes over here? And, and they had sa- saved seven that year. Wow. And so I, I couldn't get it out of my head, Mike. I was like, 
there's there's got to be something why I'm standing at the only church in Cape Town, South Africa, that has a baby safe in this, in, in this entire region. And, and I happen to be right there. And so on the uh, flight back from Cape Town, South Africa, on a Delta napkin, I hand drew my vision of the baby box and hmm. uh, came back to the States and, and, you know, started the uphill battle then. Wow. So... So you come back to the States, you have, you have, you've scribbled this all out on the back of a, a Delta napkin. I love that. A Delta that. napkin. <laughs> a Delta napkin. So, now I've got to ask, did you save that napkin? Is it like framed I, someplace? It is. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Of course it is. <laughs> I was going to be really disappointed if you said, no, I threw it out. But uh, well, great. So, okay. So now we have listeners that are saying, okay, safe haven baby boxes. You've talked about uh, moms putting their baby in a box. And I'm sure people are like just scratching their heads like right now, if they've never heard of this, right now they're wondering what exactly are we talking about? So let's take the listeners with just you know, tell the folks listening, a safe haven baby box. What's How does it work? Uh, take us start to finish and just tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, the safe haven law has been around for 20 years where a woman can walk into a fire station or a hospital and hand their, their unharmed newborn to a person and walk away, no questions asked. And this box, this device, takes that law just one step further. And it allows that same person the anonymity if they so choose. And so the box is, um, it, it's uh, a box that is kind of like when, when you cut a hole out of a building where you're going to put a window. I do the same thing in a firehouse. I cut a hole out of the side. I, I, I personally don't, Mike. I am not a construction guy. <laughs> okay. but, but you get my idea. So we cut a hole out of the side of the firehouse, and then we slide the box in. So the outside of the, bi- the baby box, where mom places the baby, is on the outside of the firehouse. And where the baby is received by firefighters who have medical training, the baby's pulled from the inside of the firehouse. So it's kind of like a window through the, the wall to the inside of the firehouse. And so um, there's a medical bassinet inside. So when mom opens that outside door, an immediate 911 call goes out. So this mom doesn't have to do anything. All she has to do is walk up to this box and open the door. And then when she places her unharmed newborn inside the, the baby box, a second alarm goes off. And, and then when she, when she shuts the door, the door actually locks. So no one can come behind her and, and steal the, the infant. Um, now these silent alarms to her are, are already, ca- already calling 911 before she even gets back in her car. Mm. Um, so the baby is retrieved from the inside of the fire station and our average time for babies inside of our boxes are two minutes. Wow. So 120 seconds for a newborn in one of our boxes versus hours in a dumpster, which is where they were being placed before, is a really good alternative. So, uh, so we just blessed our 73rd box in the country. Um, we've had, uh, as of last week, we've had 12 babies in our boxes. Ten, mm-hmm. 11 of those babies were just in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just getting started. How do you respond to those who have looked at the safe haven baby box concept and uh, i know i've dealt with some of these folks and i'm sure you've heard from some folks that have criticized it and have said hey the safe haven baby boxes it's just a way to encourage moms to abandon their baby how do you respond to that 
Well, you know, the first and foremost thing that we have to remember is we're saving the life of a child. And the mother is going to choose whatever she feels she is capable of handling at the time. And so if we don't give her an alternative, we're going to continue to have abused babies and babies found dead across this country. You know, I do get a lot of criticism on the boxes, but I'll tell you, um, 95% of the people who understand our program, because we don't encourage women to abandon their children, we actually uh, don't recommend our boxes, which people don't, they're, they're like, you're going around the country advocating for baby boxes, but you don't recommend them. And it's like, no, I don't because there's better options out there. But we know that if we don't have this last resort option available for these moms, if we can't get them to choose something else, that we're going to continue to find babies in dumpsters. And that's more important to me than, than, um, you know, uh, uh, finding a baby in a dumpster and a mother abandoning her child or getting away with it or making it too easy for her. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, the child's life is most important, um, and, and that's what we strive for. Well, I think everyone listening, uh, unfortunately, has read news stories in their local community of newborn babies that have been abandoned, uh, either in dumpsters or in, uh, and just thrown in the woods. I remember one instance uh, uh, nearby uh, where we used to live outside of Indianapolis, a baby just being uh, thrown into the woods in a park and, and that sort of thing. So uh, the what you stated there about the saving of lives is so critical, and we have to really watch ourselves in, in all life-saving ministry, that in one sense, yes, we, we want to save all of these kids, but we can't get caught up in it's a numbers game and say, well, this is only saving X number of kids, as if you know, as if that's not important. And if one baby is saved through everything you've done, and I think you said up to this point, there have been how many babies uh, that have been surrendered at Safe Haven Baby Boxes? We've had 12 in our boxes, and 11 of those were just in the state of Indiana. Wow. And so yeah. there, are, there are 12 lives, uh, little kids that are alive today because of this ministry. And that's just got to make you feel great about all of the effort, all of the time. I'm sure it's a huge sacrifice uh, that you've put into this. Uh, now, somebody's listening to this and they're saying, hey, this sounds awesome. Uh, I'd like to bring this to my community. And maybe they're in Oregon, maybe they're in Pennsylvania, maybe they're in Texas. Uh, how do they go about What's the first step somebody needs to take if they want to find out more about helping to bring a safe haven baby box to their community? You know, contact us at shbb.org. You know, every state law is different for the safe haven law, which, again, we're just an extension of that law. And so we have to make sure that it's legal to put these boxes in your state. And if it's not, then we have to change legislation. We just added two more states this year, which was Kentucky, and we're launching for the first time in the state of Kentucky on Thursday. And then we also, um, uh, Louisiana actually joined as well. And so, you know, contact us. We'll, we'll walk you through it. You know, we're a nonprofit. We don't do this for money. We do this because uh, we want to make sure that women have a safe alternative. Um, and if we make sure that women have that safe alternative, then they'll make sure to keep their child safe. And that's truly what it's all about. Great. Now, shifting gears just a little bit, you have a new book that has just come out. Uh, tell us about that book and where folks can buy that. 
Sure. Um, so uh, I've literally poured my life into this book, Mike. It's uh, it, it was it was hard for me to write because I've kind of made myself so vulnerable. But I wanted people to understand that through pain can come purpose. And so through the pain of of growing up adopted and then learning that I was conceived in rape and abandoned at birth, I, I had to kind of find myself. And and I I take you on that journey through this book. And uh, and I I use a lot of scripture in this book because that's truly where I found my calling and my uh, my purpose from. Um, and it's called Blessed to Have Been Abandoned, uh, the story of the baby box lady. And it's on Amazon. It's at uh, Barnes & Noble. It's in Walmart. Um, you can purchase it on our website as well. Um, but uh, it, it was uh, launched on May 1st, and it became an Amazon bestseller on May 20th. So I'm very humbled by people reading the book and, and just coming back and saying, my gosh, I didn't realize how big of a struggle this has been for you, but thank God you didn't stop, you know? And, and so I, I want people to, to, to follow me on my journey. Yeah. And you know, your journey has been, uh, so unique and it's so cool to see how God has chosen you out of everyone who has ever walked to be the person (laughs) that takes forth these safe haven baby boxes. So I'm curious, what would you say to a listener who, you know, let's say there's a listener to this podcast God's been placing something on his or her heart to do, but maybe they're thinking, I, you know, that's too big for me, or they're holding back thinking, well, somebody else will step up to the plate to do it. What would you say to that person? They know God's placing something on their heart. They're hesitating to step out in faith on it. What, what kind of word of encouragement would you give to them? You know, one, pray. You know, pray that he will show you the direction that you need to go and then take one step at a time. Don't look at running down the road and getting to the end of the road. Look at one foot in front of the other, because if you look at the end, you're going to get discouraged. And it, when you when you read my book, it really shows you that that through the, the months and the years of Safe Haven Baby Boxes being, you know, um, birthed, per se, it literally was step by step, and there was a lot of criticism. There was a lot of pushback, but we just continued to put one foot in step in front of the other. And now we're looking back, going, "Wow, this road was pretty long, but but we did it." And so, anyone that's listening, you know, Christ has a plan for you. You have a purpose on this earth, and you just have to find it. And when you find it, just take one step at a time. And then when you look back, you'll say, wow, look how far I've walked and look what I've accomplished. Now, just to remind listeners again, they want to get in touch with you, whether it's about the baby boxes, the the book, whatever it might be. How can folks get in touch with you? And I might add to that, how might they get in touch with you uh, to see if you're available to come speak in their community? I've seen you speak. And for those who are listening, if, if you're doing events, fundraising events, or that sort of stuff, you really could not ask for a better speaker to come in. So if folks want more information on how they could arrange a time for you to come into their community, how can they contact you? They can go to my website, which is monicakelsey.com, or they can go to the Safe Haven website, which is shbb.org. Either one of those, you can get a hold of me. I answer all my emails on monicakelsey.com. So if you you send me an email, you will get an email back from me. It might take me a little bit, but you will get an email back from me. And I'd, I'd be happy to come and spread our ministry and our love to your community. Great. Well, Monica, thank you for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate just all you are doing uh, to 
help both unborn babies and born babies and their moms. It's it's really a ministry of love all the way across the board. And uh, just really appreciate what you're doing and, and just pray that God will continue to bless Safe Haven Baby Boxes. I think you're just at the tip of the iceberg of where this is all going to go. So thank you for coming on today. I know you're very busy and really appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me, Mike, and thank your listeners for listening. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.